Yo, what's up, everybody? Episode 119 of the How on Infinity podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. Like always, I'm your host, Jacob, and we got a great episode wound up for you today, folks. On today's episode, we're talking about Marvel's newest movie, The Eternals. Going to give you a quick spoiler free reactions and after that we're diving deep into the plot details and post credit scene then next we're talking about stranger things they finally dropped the final teaser to season four and it was a doozy so sit back relax and enjoy the show Yes, yes, that time we get in everybody. Episode 115 of the Howl Infinity podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. Like always, I'm your host, Jacob. First time listening to the podcast, welcome to the podcast. And if you're a returning listener, we're glad to have you back for another fantastic episode. Like always, follow us on our social media sites. Like us on Facebook at Howl Infinity Podcast. Follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at High Infinity Pod. Or follow me to host all my personal accounts, Twitter and Instagram at so yeah, I'm Asian. And if you didn't get all that, just hit the link tree link up in the bio of the podcast. Has all our podcast social media sites and our podcast streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the Anchor app. And last but not least, if you like what you hear, please leave your boy a five-star review on your preferred streaming platform. That would be greatly, greatly appreciated. So Hope everybody's doing good. Doing pretty good myself. Weekend was good. I went to the movies. You already know what I saw. We're going to get into that in just a minute. But besides going to the movies, just chilling at home, catching up on some more TV shows. I'm re-watching some episodes of Cowboy Bebop. You know, getting ready for the Netflix adaptation, which comes out next week. And I'm going to talk about that, of course, on next week's episode. Also, finally, after like two years... I'm watching season three of Daredevil on Netflix. I've been meaning to watch it for a while now, but just never got to it. But the rumors of some of the characters in the show that'll be appearing in other TV shows and movies that are about to come out. Of course, you got the rumors of Kingpin or Wilson Fisk showing up in Hawkeye. And of course, you got Daredevil possibly showing up in the new Spider-Man movie, No Way Home. And I felt like this was a good time to catch up. And Daredevil has something a lot of the MCU content we see don't have, in my opinion. It has like that dark and gritty tone to it. And I feel like the MCU needs more of that stuff in its content. But yeah, that is what I've been watching as of late. Also, another interesting thing that transpired over the week. We were supposed to get a new Spider-Man trailer this week as well because Sunday they revealed two posters for the upcoming movie. And the first one, it was, it was with Spider-Man, like looks like on the hood of a car. Then in front of him, you see the tentacles of Doc Ock. And behind him, you see a sandstorm referencing Sandman. You see lightning bolts referencing Electro. And way in the back, caught in 4K, well, it was more like 1080p, we saw the Green Goblin. But the second poster they put out, that what got me buzzing. Because the second poster, you had Doc Ock holding not one but three Spider-Man mask. Then they put a tweet out saying, hey guys, new trailer tomorrow, which would have been Monday. So Monday we waited and we waited and we waited. And there was no trailer. I did see some leaked photos on Twitter though. 
that's my fault because I wanted to be surprised when the trailer came out. I just dug down the rabbit hole a little too far this time. But I'm not going to say what was on those leaked photos because I don't want to spoil it for anybody else. who just want to be surprised whenever the new trailer gets put out. So we'll probably get a new trailer, hopefully within the next couple weeks. I assume we're going to get at least one more before the movie comes out at the end of December. But besides that, let's get into this week's episode. So Marvel's newest movie came out over the past weekend, The Eternals. Like I said last week, this is the MCU's 26th movie they put out. The third movie out of four for the year 2021. And I saw it last Saturday at a very early showtime because the movie is a little over two and a half hours long and I came prepared. I actually did something I rarely do at theaters. I bought food. Well, I brought my own candy in, but I bought some curly fries at the theaters. Definitely wasn't worth the money. I wish you handed me the box. I was like, damn, is this it? Did y'all even put fries in here? <laughs> because uh, <laughs> I ate breakfast like at 9 o'clock that morning, and the movie was at 1230. And I knew since I'm, I probably won't be out at the theaters, probably till closer to 4, I just needed something to hold me over until then. But enough with all that. Let's dive into the movie. This is the spoiler-free section my general thoughts on the eternals it's not the best mcu movie but it's certainly not the worst mcu movie as well so it's not infinity war which i hold in high regards but it's not thor the dark world which is considered one of the worst mcu movies ever my personal worst mcu movies iron man 2 but that's personal reasons and i'll explain that well i explained it a couple times already on the podcast but this is going to be a lengthy episode i'll explain that another time why I have a disdain for Iron Man 2. But to me, this movie was okay. Like I said on my reactions video, I think Sunday. Once again, thank you for all the likes, shares, and the views of that video. I appreciate that. But whatever is between good, like I said on the video, whatever is between good and okay, The Eternals goes in that category. But after a day or two and letting it settle in, I just settled on okay. A couple more things I said from the video. I was upfront. I was unfamiliar with the characters going in, but I did do my research. So I went into the movie with an open mind. There are some things I liked about it. It was something different. I give it that. I like how they explained who the Eternals were or are and why you know they made their way to Earth. I also like how they started the movie off with the action. They highlighted some of their abilities off the jump. Like yes, they could explain it to us, but if you're like me, I'm a more I'm more of a visual learner. So just watching them fight at the beginning, you already knew almost half the group. Like, okay, this Eternal's the speedster, this one's the strong one, this one shoot laser out of his eyes. So I like the way they introduced the group. Also, I did like the twist or a couple of twists they had in the movie as well. There were a couple of times that made me go, damn, I was not expecting that. And I did say last week when I was giving my expectations of the movie, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a twist or two in the movie. Also, lastly, the action was cool for the most part. There were like three fights within the first 30 minutes of the movie. Then they had one around the middle. Then they had one at the end. And I've noticed that within the MCU movies recently, or the ones that came out this year, they have been heavy on the action at the beginning of the film. Probably to draw the audience in, keep them interested at the start of the movie because... In a lot of origin movies, they're usually front-loaded with storytelling at the beginning. And sometimes it can feel like it's dragging. But I do like this approach with action at the first, then set up the story. Now on to the cons of the movie, in my opinion. 
some of the cons of the Eternals. One thing was the runtime. This movie did clock in at two hours and 37 minutes, by far the longest origin movie in the MCU. It used to be Black Panther at two hours and 14 minutes, and that's almost 30 minutes shorter than Eternals. And I felt like they could have trimmed the fat a little bit, cut it, cut it down probably about 15 or so minutes, and I think they still could have got everything they needed to get across in this movie. Another one of my concerns did rear its ugly head. Like I said, there's 10 people in the group. So I was thinking, how are they going to balance things to make it feel like no one's being left out? And while watching the movie, I did feel like a couple characters got the short end of the stick. And lastly, some of the story beats could have been explained better. There were a couple instances where they said something that was plot relevant and I felt like they just glossed over it real quick just to mention it like they, okay we mentioned it okay moving on with the story but those are just my general reactions to the eternals movie overall like i said thought it was okay i don't see it at the moment as game changing as it was like being hyped up to be yeah they talked about some new stuff in the mcu you got the cosmos you got a deeper dive into the celestials but with marvel heading into what looks like the multiverse it's kind of hard to see in my opinion where the eternals We'll fall into this in the future but it will be interesting to see what the future holds for the eternals so that is my spoiler free reaction to the eternals if you want to stick around for a deeper dive into the plot related stuff you can or if you want to see the movie first and don't want to be spoiled you can go ahead and skip to the timestamp section in the episode description because now we're going to start talking eternal spoilers so the Eternals does the MCU first. They have an opening crawl. Basically what a crawl is, it's like a text that goes across at the beginning. Star Wars is known for this. Basically the crawl sums up the Celestials sent the Eternals to Earth from their home planet Olympia to protect the humans from the Deviants. Well, that's what we were told. So the movie starts off with the Eternals in their ship. I think it was called the Domo. And it was on the way to Earth. And the Eternal Celestial leader Arishim gives Ajax, the leader of the Eternals, like this orb put, to put in her chest so they can communicate. And when they get to Earth, it's, I think it's 5000 BC. And when they get there, a couple of deviants were already there and they started killing people. Then we got to see the Eternals or some of the Eternals in action. Like I said in the spoiler free section, I did like how they introduced them in this way. Seeing them fighting to me was easier to remember who they are and in this fight we saw Icarus the one that can fly and shoot laser out of his eyes then you have Thena the warrior princess she can make weapons out of her cosmic energy then you had Kingo who who can shoot like lasers out of his hands looks like the spirit gun from Yu Yu Hakusho for my anime folks and then you got Gilgamesh the powerhouse of the group and Makari the speedster and after they beat the deviants we meet the rest of the Eternals you got Fastos the inventor slash genius you got Sprite, the illusionist, similar to Loki in a way when you think about it. Then you got Druig, the mind manipulator, Cersei, the matter manipulator, and Ajax, the leader, and healer. Then we get the Eternals group shot, and it turns out it looks like each member in the group has only one ability besides Icarus. Because last week I said all the Eternals have the same set of powers, but each of them like excels in one of those powers. Like they do in the comics but in the movies it looks like all of them just have one special ability and the first half of the movie jumps back and forth from the past to the present i'm going to talk about all the past stuff first then hop back into the present so after the eternals arrive 
fast forward a couple hundred years or a few hundred years, they save Babylon. Then fast forward a few hundred years after that. Can't remember what the time period was for this moment in particular, but there was this big ass war going on and the Eternals were just sitting back and watching because they were told by the Celestials not to intervene in human conflict, only intervene if deviants are involved. While you may ask, from what I got out of it, they said that the humans need to make mistakes and learn from their mistakes because, you know, we, we humans are not perfect, unlike Eternals. And if the humans can't learn from their mistakes, they can't grow and progress as a society. So if the Eternals intervene in every little thing, God knows where the Earth will be at. From a Marvel perspective, if the Eternals intervene in every situation, the heroes we all know and love today would probably be totally different. But during this big war, a lot of people were dying and Druig, the mind manipulator, has had enough. And Druig was probably one of my favorite characters in the movie. I would say Druig, Fastos, and Gilgamesh is probably my top three favorite characters in Eternals. But back to the movie. And Druig was the first person in the group to intervene in a non-deviant conflict because other members of the group, they wanted to intervene as well, but they didn't. And Druig brought up a good point. Basically, he said he'd been seeing violence for thousands of years and events was going to take his toll. And with these warring ideologies, this causes friction in the group, mainly between Druig and Icarus. And Ajax says, after this war is over with, the Eternals can go their separate ways. So Druig mind controls everyone to stop fighting. And after that, the Eternals are no more. So they just spend the next 500 plus years waiting around for Erishim to tell them what they can go back to their home planet. Now, we're hopping into the present day. So in the present day, we have Cersei. From the looks of it, she's the main character of the movie. Her and Sprite lives in London. And one night, them and Cersei's boyfriend named Dane Whitman are out and about during town when they are attacked by a deviant. Turns out Icarus followed it there, and he's reunited with Cersei and Sprite. And they realize the deviants have returned, and now it's time to get the group back together. First up is the leader, Ajax. They get to her place... And here is where we find the first big twist. Ajax is dead. Apparently killed by the Deviant that they fought in London because the Deviant had healing power just like Ajax. And I was not expecting this. I was like, damn, they killed the leader? Checks phone. 30 minutes into the damn movie? Man. So the only time we see Ajax alive are in scenes that take place in the past. And Ajax went out sad, <laughs> to be honest. But now with Ajax dead, the Eternals needs a new communicator to the Celestials. Now the orb that was at Ajax chest gets transferred to Cersei. So Cersei's the new leader, much to Icarus disdain. And with Cersei, the new communicator, the Erishim, we get a second big twist of the movie. It's revealed that the Eternals' mission was not to stop the Deviants. It was to prepare Earth for the Emergence. So what is the Emergence? Well, the Emergence is basically the birth of a Celestial. And the Celestial was huge. And we see how big they are compared to a human. The best comparisons I could think of is what a grain of rice is to a human is what a human is to a Celestial. Because past Celestials, they plant Celestial seeds on planets in its galaxy. And when a planet is progressed enough in society, that's where a Celestial can be born. And when a Celestial was born, the planet dies. And that newly born Celestial creates a new galaxy and repeats the process. Because originally the Celestials created the Deviants to carry out this task. But they kept killing life 
on these planets, slowing down the emergence process. So they created the Eternals to help expedite the emergence process. So there is no home planet Olympia, but bringing it back to these Eternals, they were brought to Earth to help the emergence process, but it just took Earth 7,000 years for it to be ready. And when Thanos snapped half of Earth's population away, it actually delayed the emergence. So the Avengers would have defeated Thanos in Infinity War. The emergence part would have happened not too long after that. And that would have been a hell of a what if episode. What if the Avengers stopped the emergence? But back to the story, when everyone came back after the snap, the emergent process just basically resumed or left off, you know, where it was beforehand. So the Eternals has to reunite to stop it because they actually like living on Earth. Now they get the rest of the group. Now I can see where some people say this part where the movie gets repetitive because you got to go to this person to repeat the process again with X amount of people. First up was Kingo and Kingo is now a Bollywood star. He brings his assistant or I think it's his valet with him and both of them are the comedic relief. In this movie, I really enjoyed those two characters a lot as well. And after Kingo, they get Gilgamesh and Thena. And Gilgamesh is Thena's watcher in a way because Thena gets like these flashbacks of her past that makes her lose control of herself. And she starts attacking the other Eternals. This reminds me of how Bucky loses control and becomes a Winter Soldier in a way. But the whole Thena gets flashbacks storyline or plot point. Could have been explained a little better to me. They just mentioned it and went on back to the main story. Later on, we find out when a Celestial was born, the Eternals are taken away from that planet and have their memory erased. And they basically drop them on a new planet to repeat the emergence process. And that past memory was Thena in a past life. Also, now it's time to get Druig. He's the leader of this cult. Think in the middle of the Amazon jungle. He's hesitant about rejoining the group at first, but when the deviants attack them and kills Gilgamesh, it changes his mind and he joins. And it was sad seeing Gilgamesh die. I was like, damn, y'all killed two Eternals before the big reunion? When Ajax died, I was not sad. I'm going to be honest with you. Hell, I didn't know her too well. But when Gilgamesh died, I was like, damn, y'all killed the dad of the group. But the group continues to push forward. Next up is Fastos who is basically done with the Eternals. Like I mentioned earlier, Fastos is the inventor. And after the bombings in Hiroshima, I've been hearing a lot of people say Hiroshima, but I always said Hiroshima. But either way, y'all know what I'm talking about. After Hiroshima and World War II, he blames himself because he felt like he helped advance technology to create these weapons. And he joins the group to help stop the emergence to save his family. So the Eternals go and get their ship, the Domo, and there is the final Eternal, Makari. And there, Fastos devises a plan to stop the emergence. He creates something called the Unimon. Basically, what that does is combines all the cosmic energy of the Eternals. And that right there is enough power for Druid and mind-controlled the Celestial beneath Earth. But before the Eternals can continue with their plan, we get the third big plot twist. Turns out that Ajax knew about the emergence and when she was trying to stop it Icarus killed her well he pushed her off a cliff and she was killed by deviants but either way he had something to do with her death because he wants to go on with the emergence because he serves their god the celestial Erishim but when you think about it all Icarus had to do was just kill Ajax and let the emergence happen instead why he got everybody back together I don't know that's just me being nitpicky about the plot but like I said some story beats just didn't 
makes sense to me in some ways. So Icarus is like, you know, hey, if y'all want to stop the emergence, you got to get through me speaking to the rest of the Eternals. And I could kill you all because I'm the most powerful one. And when he said that, Kingo was like, nah, I'm going to head out. Because he already knew that Icarus could beat everybody by himself. So he misses out on the big climactic battle, which I didn't like, to be honest. Like, there were a group, you know, you got everybody together in this group. Why not have everybody in the fight? But anyways, they find a location of the Celestial. Icarus is joined by Sprite. And while the rest of the Eternals fight them, and it's a pretty good fight, not going to lie. Fastos and Makari got their time to shine. Fastos especially, I really like this character in this movie. He was the MVP of the movie in my opinion. So the emergence is about to go down and we see the Celestial creeping up out the ocean. And Druid tells Cersei that she has to do it because Ajax chose her to be the leader. So she gets the power up boost from the Unimine and she turns the Celestial into marble according to the wiki. Because it looked like ice when I was watching the movie. Now that the fight is over, and we probably see one of the coolest shots in the MCU movie, we see the Celestial's head in his hands creeping up out the ocean, and it just shows how huge these things are. So Icarus feels guilty, and he commits suicide by flying into the sun. Now we get to the end of the film. Now things are back to normal. Thena, Druig, and Makari leave Earth to find the other Eternals in the galaxy and tell them the truth. While Fastos, Cersei, and Kingo stay on Earth. Then we see Cersei with Dane. He's about to tell her a secret, which I'll talk about in the post credit scene. Then Erishim appears in the sky and takes Cersei, Fastos, and Kingo with it. Basically, he said, hey, I don't like what y'all did, but I'll spare Earth if you show how worthy these people are. And he takes them away for judgment because in the comics, Erishim's full name is, I think it's Erishim the Judge. And that's the end of the movie. Now on to the post credit scenes. First one was on a ship with Thena, Druig, and Makari. They were visited by the brother of Thanos. Like I was sitting back in the theater chilling. And all oh, this little troll came out. He was like, introducing the Prince of Titan. I was like, okay, brother of Thanos. And like, okay, I sat up in my chair a little bit. Yeah, so we meet the brother of Thanos, the Eternal Arrows, aka Star Fox. He was like, hey, I heard what happened to the other Eternals and I'm here to help. Then we get to the second post credit scene that involves Dane Whitman. It's revealed that he is the character, the Black Knight. And the Black Knight, if I'm, not too, I'm not too familiar with him, but basically the Black Knight gets passed down in the Whitman family. And as he opens up the chest that holds the Black Knight's signature weapon, the Ebony Blade. And when he goes to touch the blade, he's asked a question by an off-screen character. And it was confirmed that the character who asked him the question was Blade because in the comics, Black Knight and Blade have a storyline together. And that right there, folks, was The Eternals. things up on the Eternals like I said earlier it was okay to me there are a lot of things I liked the introduction to the characters the action and the twists and turns throughout the movie but I felt like they could have improved in some areas as well like I said cut out about 15 minutes 
of the runtime. Also, I wished they developed some more of the Eternal members. Like I was concerned going into the movie that a few of the members were going to get the short end of the stick. And a couple of them did, in my opinion, like Thena. Besides her being a fierce warrior, there was nothing else we knew about her, in my opinion. She had a little side thing going on, but that wasn't really explained well. Felt like they just put her in the movie. Like she just felt like she was just there, if you know what I mean. Also, I feel like Makari, the speedster, got a short end of the stick as well. Yeah, she got some time to shine in the big climb back day battle, but I felt like she was only there just to be called upon to run fast. Like, nothing else was going on, but hey, we need you. Run fast. She go run fast, and that was basically it for her character in the movie. Yes, that is her power, but her character development was done poorly. So what is next for the Eternals? It did say at the end, the Eternals will return. When and where will they show up next? Like I said in the spoiler-free section, Marvel is looking like they're going to dive into the multiverse, especially with the next two movies, Spider-Man No Way Home and Doctor Strange in the Madness of the Multiverse. I always get that title wrong, but I got it right this time. So it's hard to see where will the Eternals appear next. Two good options to me are the next Thor movie, Thor Love and Thunder, or the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. That right there is just my guess, but like I said, this movie wasn't as game changing like I thought it would be. Yeah, it sets up some interesting stuff later on down the line. Maybe it's one of those movies in the MCU that gets better after you see how everything else plays out like Age of Ultron, but I felt like more people were interested in this movie to see what it sets up rather than the actual movie itself. No words yet on a sequel. It did do good at the box office, so usually money equals success, so wouldn't be surprised if an Eternals 2 gets announced sometime in the near future, but we'll just have to wait and see what the future holds for the Eternals in the MCU. This past Saturday was Stranger Things Day, and you already know how big of a Stranger Things fan I am. And they blessed us with the fourth and final teaser to the highly anticipated season four. And I would assume they were going to put something out on this day anyway. First teaser was a teaser when they showed when Hopper was still alive. but He was in that Russian prison. Second teaser was when they showed the kids slash test subjects in Hawkins lab. And the third one was just when the cast visited that abandoned house. And in the final teaser, we see where Eleven and Will's family has moved to. Turns out they're in California. And the theme that this teaser was that Eleven was writing Mike a letter. And of course, she was reading it, reading it out loud. Or Mike was reading it out loud or in his thoughts. Either way, she was writing Mike a letter. Basically saying that she's adapted to the real world. They show her she's in high school now. I would assume they're in high school. I think, at least, be, at least be freshman in high school. And she said that she's going to visit him on spring break. So at least we get a time period of when season four takes place. And that was the first part of the trailer. And the second part of the trailer is where things get crazy. We see gunfights, car chases, explosions. I'm like, damn, Stranger Things, y'all going all out this season, I see. And basically, that was the trailer. And I really liked it, as you can tell. This was the most footage we've seen of the upcoming season, and it looks like a lot of the season will take place outside of Hawkins. And of course, you know, if you watch the show, Hawkins is the main setting of Stranger Things. And with the most important character in the show, Eleven, being outside of Hawkins, I expect this season to take place in multiple locations. And I'm curious to see where will the story go 
in this season because season one was trying to find Will. Season two and three dealt with a mind flayer. And season four, the group is separated from what it looks like. Looks like some folks are after 11 as well. And last but not least, how the hell is Hopper going to reunite with the group? That is my biggest question going into season four. But we'll find all of that out when season four comes out. So when will season four come out? Well, the hits keep on coming last Saturday because Stranger Things put out another video with the episode titles and the release window. So Stranger Things season four will come out in summer 2022. I was hoping it was going to come out in the spring because the show is set in spring, but we always can't get what we want. So the show is set in spring 1986, about eight or so months after season three. And it turns out this season will have nine episodes. And the episode titles are Episode 1, The Hellfire Club. Episode 2, Vecna's Curse. Episode 3, The Monster and the Superhero. Episode 4, Dear Billy. Episode 5, The Nina Project. Episode 6, The Dive. Episode 7, The Massacre of Hawkins Lab. Episode 8, Papa. And Episode 9, The Piggyback. And this is the most episodes we had since Season 2. And remember in Season 2... They had that divisive episode where Eleven went to go visit her sister. I personally didn't mind that episode. It wasn't the best episode, but you know I still liked it. The placement of it was kind of weird because I think the episode before, the group was trapped in Hawkins' lab and the, and the Demon Dogs came out. And after that, we're like, hey, let's see what Eleven's doing. So yeah, the, the episode placement was a little weird, but like I said, I didn't mind that episode. But back to season four, just going off. The episode titles, the ones that stuck out to me the most, definitely episode four, Dear Billy. Of course, in season three, Billy sacrificed himself in the last episode. He apologized to Max for being a terrible older brother or older stepbrother. So I assume that this may be the episode where we get a lot of flashbacks. Maybe Max will take the lead in this episode. Next up, episode seven, The Massacre of Hawkins Lab. I would assume in this episode, we'll see the first time the lab saw a Demigorgon. And I assume that the Demigorgon is going to kill all those kids slash test subjects we saw in that one teaser. And lastly, episode 8, Papa. There have been some rumors that the doctor, can't remember his name, from season 1 is not dead. And we may see him again, possibly in this episode. Or we see the return of Hopper in this episode. Either or, I think one of those two things will happen in that episode, but we got to wait and see. So wrapping things up, Stranger Things Season 4 will be out 2022, summer of 2022, I'm sorry. No exact release date yet. I would assume this will be the last Stranger Things news we'll get for the year. Hopefully, we'll get another trailer early 2022 because the streets need it. Because we've been waiting for over two years for Stranger Things held closer to three years by the time season four comes out. But whenever Stranger Things season four comes out, it will most certainly deliver. Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. I greatly appreciate you taking time out of your very busy day to give this podcast a listen. Thank you for all the likes, retweets, shares, subscribes, and any other way you support the podcast. It truly means a lot to me. Like I always say, I will not be here without you, the listener, and I thank you for that. So take care, be safe, and I will see y'all next time.